Hello, 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 everyone out there listening. How are you all doing today? Our lovely Audio Inc. family. And Joe did the intro correctly. Always, man. And he gave me a little one finger salute. That's, <laughs> that was his, his uh, I don't know, it was, that was your, hey, I did it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was my, here's, your, here's the, for the confidence in me. Oh, I, I mean, I have confidence in you. I just just know that you're going to screw it up. <laughs> right. But did I? No. Okay. What is going on with you today, Joe? What's happening? Man, How same shit a different day. Same well, not, shit not necessarily. But I mean, no. dude, it's nice out. It is. Definitely. I mean, let's, let's think about all the things that we're going to be able to do here shortly. Right. I am definitely looking forward to the weather. I mean... You know the music festivals are coming too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All the concerts. All the concerts. Mm-hmm. You can go. People who go to the zoo. I don't go to the zoo because it's hot and smells like poop. Yeah. But people who like to go to the zoo. Now think about it. All all the wonderful things that are about ready to happen because it's almost spring. Everyone, think about that. Think about that. Fuck winter. Mm-hmm. That's right. I said it. I mean, honestly, after Christmas, there's no reason to have any fucking snow. True. I mean. Snow for Christmas. As soon as it's over, fucking get that shit yeah, out. Yeah, they definitely put Christmas at the wrong part of the season, you know. I mean, where would you put it? I don't know. Later in the later in the winter, so like right after Christmas. We nah, have dude. I mean, let, let's get rid of the fucking winter bullshit. Let's just fucking have a white Christmas, and as soon as it's over, turn the heat up, and let's move yeah. on. Yeah. So why are we so worried about global warming anyway? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get political and all of a sudden. Well, the, what, what is global warming political? I mean, that's anyway. <sighs> Jesus Christ, you. Hey, by the way, um, we're going to play some Cabo on the end of this. God damn it. Okay. Let <laughs> me start plugging some of that shit. Do you want to uh, Bluetooth your phone to the boards? No, because the last time someone called. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to put that shit on silent. <laughs> I was like, ah, shit. Oh, crap. Hey, you know what? The, the, all kinds of fun things to do in St. Louis in the, mar- or in the month in, in the month of March. I don't, but I have a feeling you're about to tell me. I am going to tell you because right. there's a lot of cool shit going on. I'm ready to hear it. Uh, alley 2. I didn't know there was an Alley 1, but Alley 2. It's backed mm-hmm. by popular demand. That's that Daint St. Louis presents Alley 2. How about that? Mm, sounds I guess interesting. All kinds of, uh, it's, I guess it's at the, the Two Hill Performing mm-hmm. Arts Center. Yeah. So I guess they're going to do some uh, dance, I guess. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And then we have Art in Bloom. Art in Bloom. That's right, at the St. Louis Art Museum. It's an annual celebration. They do it every year. So that's wh- going to be March 1st. Is it just like a spring uh, yeah. gimmick? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or is there something specific about the in bloom part? Um, I, I'm assuming it's about uh, floral designs and things uh, like that okay. for spring, okay. I guess. And for all you people out there, drift St. Louis. Drifting is a sport. There is a definite objective, a list of rules, and plenty of action. You can see that at the Worldwide Technology Raceway on March 2nd. Interesting. So that's like the Tokyo Drift. You know, you remember that. Right, everybody right. remembers that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And everybody watches it when it's on TV. Don't lie and say you don't. Because <laughs> that's one of the ones that that guy's accent, the country accent in Japan, is just fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to watch it. And then and all of a like, sudden, you see a little Bow Wow running around. You're going, what the hell? <laughs> this fucking movie. 
<laughs> but you watch it. They, they had, watch, to, they had oh, to do God the Japanese it. version of uh, Ludacris, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Holy shit. That is messed up. <laughs> Little Bow Wow was replaced easily by Ludacris. <laughs> well, Ludacris was in the second one. Japanese, the, the, the Tokyo Drift was the third one. No, so. Tokyo Drift was the second one. No. Was it? No, the second one was uh, uh, the do. Uh, uh, I could be wrong. I don't God, know. God, what is his name? Yeah, because I, 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 I've seen one and two. The third one, when they started doing the Tokyo Drift, that's where I kind of watched half of it and didn't anymore you know really yeah because there was no notable characters you know like it was just the main character and a bunch of new characters you know i thought i think tokyo drift was the more interesting one for me because it was just ridiculous yeah but cool at the same time like the fact that they're racing in freaking car garages and i'm, I'm thinking of you know if you go to west county <laughs> mall <laughs> and you think about that parking lot and you're going Man, I drift around this motherfucker so quick. <laughs> it was definitely a more visually uh, stimulating one. For oh, yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, now they fucking blow up jets and shit. Right, and right. Volcanoes and shit. So <laughs> I think the next one's supposed to be on the space shuttle or the space station or some crazy shit. Wow. Hey. They're, they're going to be drifting on the space station? I guess. They're going to be on, <laughs> on spaceships and shit because they keep taking it up a notch. They're going to drift spaceships. Going to be racing on the moon and shit. There you go. Yeah. And I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I watched the last three or four of those. Neither have I since Tokyo Drift. Yeah. But every time I see Tokyo Drift, I watch it. Yeah, I watched half of that one. Yeah, it's just one of those ones. I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm watching this, <laughs> and I'm gonna hate myself for it, and I got shit to do. <laughs> but I'm gonna watch this goddamn movie. Oh shit, that's funny. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and jump to. Lucan, if that's okay. Absolutely. We have a very special guest with us today, Lucan Cleveland. How's it going? How are you, sir? I'm all right. I think you got it spelled incorrectly. Is that right? No, it looks right. Uh, let's see. Oh, you're missing oh, an L in Cleveland. Oh, so <laughs> it's spelled just like the city. I am such a... <laughs> see, I'll fix that in post, and I'll take this out, because you guys will never even know this happened. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> we have Lucan Cleveland. Here it is. <laughs> Hold on, give me a second. That's all right. <laughs> and I'm just that asshole to point it out. God damn. I'm glad you did, actually. So <laughs> There you go. All fixed. Look at that. Beautiful. Well, we're very excited to have you here, man. Hey, I'm just as excited to be here, man. Right on, right yeah. on, right on. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? So I'm originally from uh, a little town called Redbud, Illinois. Uh, it's about roughly an hour from here, but uh, now I reside in Evansville, Illinois, right by the Kaskaskia River. Red Butt is famous for a bar. Like a lot of my buddies play at. Right. What's the name of the place? So it's a it's a recent recently new bar. I mean, it's been there. Let's see how many years. Probably like eh, about two. That I'm thinking when I played there. So Vice is the name of the, the name of the bar. Vice. But I'm thinking the last time that my band played there, my full band uh, was 2016. This is before they built the big stage they got. They had the sound man they have now. Okay. There's a video of us floating, I think two videos of us floating around Facebook where literally all they had was a corner stage. It was like a rise riser stage, and we're on it, and that's it. Gotcha. That's because it used to be called a different bar called Willie's, like, for years, and then that guy sold it to the guy who owns it now. Gotcha. You know? and, but, yeah, it's the point has made it huge. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Teenage Dirtbags plays there a that's lot. That's it. 
Yep. Uh, Chris from Cavo plays in that band with Moon. Really? From Greek Fire. That's awesome. Um, and uh, Chris's other cover band, uh, El Scorcho, plays there. Oh, yeah. And Casey and Chris are from Cavo are both in that band. That's cool as shit. Yeah. So that's how they keep themselves busy. <laughs> I, on the other hand, play in a couple of Sant- I play in a Santana tribute band. I'm in another band called The Poor with uh, the old drummer from Cabo. Oh, okay. And then uh, I'm in a Buena Vista social club and Gypsy Kings uh, tribute band as well. That's Sounds awesome. like you're having trouble keeping track of them all. Um, <laughs> Need to write them on your hand. <laughs> well, cr- actually, Chris is in more bands than I am. So, jeez, he does. He's in Greek Fire, Cavo. He does all those punk band shows with yeah. Moon, so Chris is Chris is working. Yeah, wow. he's definitely. Pumping. So, so what's the music scene like there in in Redbud? Well, it's mostly uh, mostly cover bands, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's always been, especially when I was in high school, I felt like there was a lot more local bands trying to make it because we were lured by the the false, you know, uh, tendencies of like pops want us to go out there and play and we thought if we play at pops we're going to make it you know and obviously that never happened uh we got a lot of good i mean got a lot of good connections out of it for sure yeah that's that's what it meant to me you know but back when the point used to actually air it on live on the radio like on sundays that was the coolest thing ever yeah with cornbread with dave yeah yeah yeah. we missed that yeah yeah, for sure that's one of the reasons why we're we're trying to do this is do something for the st louis scene that's awesome kind of do kind of we're trying to kind of do what andy's doing down at the buzz yeah yeah um you know, he's trying to develop that that uh, original scene because there's so many great rock bands right uh, down in Nashville, but Nashville's a country yes place. So like a lot of the rock guys and and alternative music isn't seen. Yep. And so that's kind of what I feel like it's it's happening here. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to do a grounds uh, grounds route. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying we're trying to develop something like that here, grassroots right. here. Um, you know, I'm mean, bringing people and talk to them and have them play, interview them, and yeah. kind of get it out as we grow this. Hopefully, it'll grow into something a little bit bigger, and and we can do other things for sure. Yeah. Um. So pops, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, pops. Haven't. I mean, it's been a long time since I played there. There's, there's a new original band in the scene called Grimehead. Uh, I'm friends with the, the guys in that group, but uh, a couple members of uh, a band that that I met Joe through, uh, I was in a band called No Solution when Joe was running, uh, helping out with, you know, judging a lot of the battle of the bands. And uh, a couple of them guys were playing in that group, but they, uh, they've been recently playing at Pops quite a bit for their Road to Point Fest stuff. Okay. You know, right on. Yeah. They're trying. They're- I, it, Pops is a great stepping stone. You know, the funny sure. thing is, is, you know, I, me coming up, uh, you know, I was in a couple of funk bands. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of rock bands before I joined Cabo. Uh, we did the the St. Louis scene, not the Pops, but we did the Delmar. Yep. And that's the scene we were we were mainly in. Um, but there's so many places to play in in oh, yeah. St. Louis. Um, but you're you're right. I mean, covers are, you know, used to be. I should yep. say, covers used to be where you made your money. Like I was in Gargoyle Rain, mm-hmm. Griffin and the Gargoyles, uh, Mind Over Soul. My one of my original bands I was in, we actually did covers to, so we had money to record our originals. Yep. So it's you know it's just one of those things where you you got to do certain things to to yeah. keep things going and 
covers for a couple of the of the bands I was in was was the means to you know make cash. Oh yeah, um, well, no solution. Uh, the band I was part of, we were like one of the first in our area, like a hybrid because we get hired by the bars locally and we play covers. We yeah. throw in our originals, but then when we come to St. Louis, we play our originals. Yeah. And that's exactly what you said. We, we did that money-wise. That's what made our money. And But, dude, we used to play at Cicero's, uh, you know, with that band, uh, the Red Sea, when that was open. Uh-huh. I don't even know if that's still there. No, it's gone. <laughs> that's gone. With that was uh, probably one of the shadiest places, I mean, I think, just because they had somebody playing upstairs, and they're like, you're playing downstairs. We go down there, and I'm like, I think we're going to get murdered out here. <laughs> I mean, just because, like, the stone pillars yeah. and everything. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was a neat place, though. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, you're way nicer than me. Yeah. That place was not a neat place. Yeah. Parms would steal from every band that played there. I mean, really? I've never seen a guy blatantly cheat you in front of your face. Really? He'd sit there and have his c- clicker, and three people walk by, and he clicked that motherfucker once, and you'd be like, "Really? Whoa, dude! Hold on a second! Yeah. No, I got it! I got it! I got it! You know? Oh, hey. well, see, we had—I can't remember who got us that gig. It was—it was through a promoter, so it wasn't him uh, that we got hired through. But yeah, that's a whole. Different we used thing. to play for the door. Oh yeah, and you know, I mean, it, the place didn't really hold that many people—150 people. But yeah, he'd say you had 40 people, and then that place would be packed. He'd be like, "There's more than 40 people down there." Dude. Oh, for sure. Line. Yep. And you got paid for 40. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how he did it, but. Dang. That place is gone. Yeah, uh, we used to play with Cicero's. Uh, I think Cabo, Cabo, we played Cicero's twice. Yep, we did a, a our CD release and a showcase. Um, we did a. I think we did our CD release of our second record. We did a surprise show because we were coming through. Yeah, uh, when it when it was being released, so we got the place, uh, Cicero's, and we played a, a throw-up show real quick. Yeah. Uh, and then we went right back out of town. And then I think we did our showcase there, or we did a showcase there for a label. I can't remember who was there for some reason. That's we cool. There. Um, but Jay Mumbo was okay. amazing. He ran that place. I'm trying to think of the – we worked with a lot of promote, like uh, The Beard was one of the big ones we worked with. Uh, worked with him a long time. Uh, well, if you played at Cicero's, it went through Jay. I'm pretty sure him? he booked the whole place. What about uh, not man? What about Mancuso? No, it wasn't him. The beard was the other. There was Mancuso, and then there was the beard. There was somebody else too. Mike. Um, oh, that's at right. Cicero's. There was uh, Mike. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't think, think of his last name, but there was a lot of people that either loved him or they hated him. I mean, but that's you know. like Mancuso. Same. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, I, that's a promoter period. Yeah, I only knew Jay. Agree? Jay ran that place, so we always run through Jay. Yeah. There was another one we got, and this was, you know, I think a lot of local bands fell into this too. There was a promotion company from Ohio called Gorilla Productions. We got asked to jump on this list of other bands with them, and. They sent us a contract, all these tickets, you know, that's the big thing. Like everything was ticket sales, ticket sales. And yeah. it's like, if you're a band from where I live, like, you know, you're going to ask your parents, you're going to ask your family, but sure. a lot of them don't want to travel, you know, right, 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 right. they'd rather go see you at the local bar, right. you know, than that. But, uh, we still, we made it work. You know, I think our most successful show that we ever had to sell tickets for was our own CD release party at pops that we orchestrated with, uh, Mancuso and all of them. And, uh, and it turned out pretty good, except for like the day of the show, two of the bands ended up dropping out because they had 
car issues or oh, and so like we ended up having to play a longer set which was fine but i mean we were expecting to like play last have like three or four other bands play and i think there was only two bands that opened up gotcha but it was it was still good yeah i, I remember <clears throat> tickets ticket i remember when they, when you didn't have to sell tickets to play shows yes and i remember tickets becoming the beat they used to actually they, they started off it was like a they did those St. Louis showcase shows, right? Where you just got a bunch of free tickets and you could just hand those things out for free. Yeah. And uh, we play. I think one of my first shows, or second, not not my first show, maybe my second or third show with Calvo was one of those showcases at the pageant. Mm. And uh, it was just a free show, so we got a crap ton of tickets, and you know we handed out tickets for people, and yep, and we played that that that. Uh, I can't think of what it was called. Joe, do you remember that? The the free showcases that St. Louis used to have? The For, ones at uh, the pageant? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember. It wasn't homegrown. But someone needs to bring homegrown back. Yeah. Someone needs to bring back homegrown. There's so many great bands here. Right. I mean, you could have the Urge headline it. You could do Story of the Year headline. Some, or, you know, those guys be yep. the last couple of bands to play. But there's so many bands. You can bring back Green Wheel. You could bring back Auto Vein. Yeah. Us. You could have Brook Royal. You. Could, I mean, there's so many bands you could have. Sinister Dane. I mean, Jesus Christ. King of the I mean, there's so many bands that are from St. Louis that right. did pretty good. I mean, you could even bring back Pale Divine. Look at me. I'm going old school. Pale <laughs> Divine back and, and, and Stir and, and oh, have yeah. some of these bands you know, play a big festival here in St. Louis. That would be so cool. I don't know why they stopped doing that. Right. But, you know. Honestly, man, the I think the best uh, paying gig and best gig all around that I ever had in St. Louis, I had a friend from college just pays. This is an example of somebody pays to know who you know, you know, and uh, this individual and I went to, we went to college together. We were in choir together and they worked at the pageant and they told me about an opportunity. They were looking for local bands to play in the Halo Bar. And the whole deal was they'd, they'd hook you up on a night that like a big band's playing in the pageant. They pay you a flat fee of $150. You got a $75 bar tab and you got tickets to the show. And I was like, done. You pay you play a 90 minute set at following the band that plays. Yep. I'm like, deal. I mean, and I mean, we, I mean, it was probably one of the, we played after like through the dead man. Uh, I love those guys. Tesla. Those guys. Yeah. Seether. Uh, Allison chains. I mean, Lots of great acts, you know. Oh, so you did it. You did it multiple times. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, we were pretty fortunate. I mean, um, we we mainly got paired up with bands that they thought that are sound, you know. At yeah, the time, yeah. Cause, sure. Uh, and this was with my um, my solo band when I was signed to, signed to the label. Uh, but I'll never forget, man. I, I just got my job working for the state of Illinois, uh, and I, I knew I was gonna have to like quit playing with bands for like at least a few years to get settled in with this job. And the last time we played there was Seether. We're, we're down to, like, the last song, man. There's Sean Morgan from pretty much where you're sitting to me at the bar. Comes up and gives us shots and goes, do you mind if we play your stuff? And I'm like, yes. Yes, you may. And that's awesome. And so, like, I filmed a couple videos, and they did nothing but Nirvana covers. <laughs> and so in the background, they're playing they're playing our stuff, and there's a big banner with my name on it, and I'm like, there it is. <laughs> yeah, right on, it, was cool as, it was cool as shit. Yeah, so, it, it was driving me nuts. I had to look this up, but it's Mike Judy. That's it. Yep. Mike Judy Productions. Yep, yep. Mike Judy, never heard of him. Yep, he never told it, he told us the last time I remember booking a show with him at Cicero's. He's like, "You guys did a good job. I'm gonna buy a large pizza." 
<laughs> hey man, Cicero pizza. Hey, Cicero's pizza was the shit. <laughs> see, but, but see, we Jay gave us free pizzas all the time. That's what you got if you all played right. there. You got a free pizza. Yep. Shit. <laughs> I feel like I got screwed. <laughs> yeah, <it> did. <laughs> that guy fucked you. Yeah. <laughs> but did That's... you get paid and a pizza? Yes. Oh, yeah, you got screwed. Yeah, we got screwed. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of times in St. Louis I felt like we got screwed, but then there was a lot of places around where I live. Um, there was a place in Sparta, Illinois. It's not there anymore. It, was used, to, it used to be called Dino's. We used to always, when we, when we did our covers, we'd always play The Boys Are Back in Town. I always think of that line in there, mm-hmm. you know, down at Dino's, I'm like, this is that place. Well, this guy, he'd started out, we got free drinks every time we played, and then I think our, our drummer would out drink him every time. So we he would have to stop doing that. Huh. But it started out, I mean, just to give you an example of how much he was paying us, I think we was we were only getting paid, I think, 150, and there's four people in our band. <laughs> like that wasn't much at all. Right. And then one night he's all like, Oh, I can only do a hundred. I'm like, get out of here. You know, so that guy was taking us for a ride. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hell, he was doing cocaine in there. The cops was all there all the time. Oh, <laughs> so did you guys ever do any traveling? Did you do any uh, so road work? We did. Um, when I was when we were in No Solution, or when I was in No Solution, we, uh, like I said, we recorded with a local uh, studio in the area around Sparta, Illinois. And then after that, after we promoted a lot of that, we got hit up by a label out of New York City. And they offered us a contract deal of... You know, we'll make two CDs. It's going to be a two-year contract, but we're going to send you to Iowa to a recording studio up there. We're going to let you record one song, and if you like it, then we'll sign the contract. The only thing that was fishy about it was they wanted you to pay that money back. Like, they were going to front up all the cost. They wanted you to pay it back monthly, like, right away. And so that was the scary thing to me because, like, well, the what-ifs, you know. Sure. And sure thing, after we all decided, uh, I think the only person that was, like, seeing stars and wanted to go there was our guitar player. But like literally a week after we voted three to one saying we're not going to do it, we still got the single out, by the way, because we traveled to Iowa to record that. And, it, and that's on Spotify, too. But our drummer gets in a car accident and his legs were fucked up. And I was like, well, there's karma. I'm glad that we didn't sign that contract. We would have yeah. fucked. You know? Yeah, everything's recoupable. True. You know, I mean, people think that when you sign a record deal, you're automatically rich and all you are yeah. is just in debt. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Well, you got to pay it all back before you see a cent. I found that out um, after, like, literally the day after I left No Solution. I quit. I quit No Solution because I was getting ready to go to McKendry College for my music ed degree, and then uh, I was getting married, buying a house, all that junk. Literally the next day, Tate Music Group out of Oklahoma calls me about signing a deal, and uh, sure thing. I mean, the contract was legit. Everything was legit. I mean, but. What bothered me was they were a Christian label, and I was like, you guys know I'm not Christian music. And they're like, we don't care. We're trying to expand our horizons. But a great example of a company that it was taking people for a ride, they were charging everybody like a $1,900 retainer fee. And if you sold 2,500 copies of your record, you would get that retainer fee back, which that seems you know pretty good, something to work at. But other than that, everything in the contract was legit. There was no, no, no loopholes, nothing. So we, I went down there. I got everything I was promised. I got to record a record, got, you know, a photo shoot, cool time, you know. Uh, but a couple of years later, I'd say four years later, the label went under because the VP and the president went to prison for extortion and embezzlement. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. Big, big deal. Holy crap. So, like, they literally, so it made me wonder what they were doing was they were taking advantage of people they thought they could make money off of and putting them through the wheel. 
But then these other people, they were like promising, like, hey, pay us the money. And then they probably just left them high and dry. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, no, we. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, we were with, Cabo was with Warner Reprise and uh, Tom Wally got fired. He was the president of the company. And that was our demise. He was, we we were his pet project and, you know, so, and then we made a silly decision after that, but. We won't go into all that crap. <clears throat> That's old old hat. I get it. Old hat, old hat. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, me coming up, I came up in North County. Yeah. Um, and some of the places that I played as when I first, I was in a band called Plain Jane mm-hmm. right out of high school. And uh, I was with uh, Boo Boo and Sonny and Little B. That's who we were. And we, we actually had label interest back then. Yeah. Uh, we sounded like a... A watered down pop friendly version of Living Color back in the day. Like it was, we had the song called All or Nothing uh, and Don't Turn Away. Um, they were, they were like hair metal band, but, but there was three black guys and a white guy. Yeah. Uh, but it was like hair metal mixed with like Living Color type. Right. And uh, we got invited to go on a sweat fest tour, but our drummer was still in high school. <laughs> and the three of us were already graduated. So we could only go out on weekends. So we did this nine-month tour, the Sweatfest tour, with this band. They were called Valentine Saloon, and they were like, they were kind of like black the Black Crows. Yeah. Pretty much like it, a little more psychedelic, but like Black Crowsy. They were awesome. Yeah. Um, and so we went out with those guys, and we could only do the weekends, and another band, Stoneheart, did the weekend weekdays. Uh, and then when the weekends came, we would join that tour. They did the full tour. Stoneheart did the full tour, but we did the weekends only. So we would do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then drop Little B off Monday morning, and he would literally walk in, grab his bag, and go to school. <laughs> and we did that for nine months, and uh, we had label interest back then. <clears throat> and then grunge hit, changed everything. Right. Um but we used to play places in North County. There was Animal House that turned into Club 367. And then there was this one place called uh, The Malt Shop. And it was this underage rock club <laughs> that was only supposed to have like 100 people in there. And they would pack it with 200. Like the fire marshals came several times and shut them down. They wound up losing wow. the ability to open up because they kept breaking the, the rule. Because <laughs> we would play there. Yeah. We'd sell it out. Plain Jane would play there and it'd sell out. And then they would still let people in. Like, wow. It was that place would be so packed in that thing. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, but but it was always you know a fun place to play. And there are other places, like Brian's Restaurant and stuff around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the area that we would play too, but it's funny because we didn't know about the Del Mar and then we didn't know about downtown till later. Right. Like then we're like, Oh wait, there's clubs in Del Mar. Yeah. Wait, there's clubs downtown. Then we started playing Bernard's pub downtown mm-hmm. and a, a couple of places, Kennedy's and, you know, and, and then we, right. you know, Mississippi nights we knew about, but like, right. You don't play Mississippi nights. You got to be a big band to play Mississippi yep. nights. And then you realize that they had all the local Big bands in St. Louis were playing Sinister Dane and and Broken Toys and and uh, you know the Eyes and the Urge. They were all playing these places and and so we were right. like, holy shit, this is a different. So it, it was like a, a, a really quick uh, grow up. Like we grew up really quick, realizing, hey, we've been isolated in this small spot 
mm-hmm. for a year and a half, two years, we were missing out on this whole expansion of, of original music. Oh, yeah. And it was really cool to, to get into that. So is that kind of what it's like being in, growing up in, in Redbud? I mean, it's, uh, I mean, as far as uh, the scene down there, there's yeah. there's not that many uh, different, uh, okay, um, as far as like venues for original music. The last couple of years, there's only been like one new venue besides Vices that opened up that's really welcoming to original. Otherwise, it's mainly covers. How many cover places are there? It just depends. If they're a bar and they hire music, they're hiring covers. Covers. Mainly because, I mean, they're patrons. That's what they, you know, that's what they're wanting. Gotcha. Uh, Which is, you know, nothing wrong because there's a lot of times, uh, especially with the new kind of direction with me me pretty much being – playing solo acoustic nowadays yeah it's kind of uh shaped my music in a different way now too so like i'll be playing something and maybe it might be the same style and then i'll just throw in with my originals and they won't even notice you know yeah especially if it's one of those places where they're not they're not acknowledging you they're not in class they're worried about their their conversations yeah (laughs) yeah oh that's cool but yeah there's there's places like that around i just didn't know if uh you experience life in redbud and then yeah musically and then you realize that there are other places oh yeah well that, that's kind of how it was when we got our first gig at like pops when we realized uh the point was spearheading and we could be live on the radio like we could be heard that was a big thing for and th- we were only a part of that for like three or four shows before they shut that down you know gotcha but we were able to do it because that was the big thing they told you if you sold enough tickets yeah you were gonna get you were gonna get on there and like i said we only got we only got it like three or four times but Gotcha. We did it though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if if you think about it, bands, it, it's it's weird because you came up when DJs were a big thing, like because uh, yeah. like when I when I was playing, there was bands, there were originals and covers. Like you would yep. go down to the landing, and there were originals at Kennedy's. Yep. Uh, Mississippi Nights, and then they were cover bands at Trainwreck and Fat Tuesdays and Boomers. Right. Um, Bernard's Pub was still around, so you could play originals at Bernard's Pub. Yeah. And there was just a lot of places to go hang and chill. And then DJs started to be the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Banana Joe's opened up, and they had DJs inside, and they had the band out in the back. <laughs> and... Uh, it just it just turned into this weird, and then Washington Street opened up, and then that yep. was just nothing but, but uh, uh, DJ DJs playing, and it kind of just killed the scene. Like like the landing was a was the spot to go to, right. uh, and then that just disappeared and just died and became nothing. So, you know, when when you think about, it's like fashion and. Like the music scene here is like fashion, right? It comes back mm-hmm. because all of a sudden, when I joined Cavo, there was all these places originals were playing yep. that you could play, and I had joined Gargoyle Rain, so I was on like this cover thing because I was in originals, and it was difficult to find new places to play. We were playing the same old places, mm-hmm. and so I was like, I'm just gonna do the cover thing for a while and not have to worry about getting people to come yeah. to the shows or whatever. And it, it was weird because like there were all these new places to play. And then Cabo 
we did our thing. We were on the road and we came back and it was like all those places closed. Like it was like, what happened? And now there's a crap ton of places to play again here in Mm -hmm. St. Louis. So it's like kind of a cool thing that just keeps turning over. I mean, you got the red flag, you know, you got, there's so many cool places to play. You know, I, I think that there is a, the St. Louis scene now, now of course COVID killed, yes, killed it. But I, I think that there there is a scene and it's building back up again. And, yeah. and there's places and, and people and bands to go see uh, here in the St. Louis area and outside of the St. Louis sure. area. And it's, it's it's kind of a cool thing to, to see happen. You know, I'm getting so old that I've seen this is the fourth time it's happening. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think. The other I used to play at Fubar too uh, before before Red Flag took over. Uh, and then on Sular, we played at a place called Heartbreaker Saloon. Played there a couple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sular. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I didn't know of, of a lot of original places in Sular until they had like a lot of the blues guys would go and play down yeah. at Sular. This was the the first time we've ever been in a place where uh, they told us that uh, women would get up on the on the bar and dance and stuff. And I'm like, is that going to happen? They're like, oh, not tonight. And I'm like, shucks, <laughs> not for us, you know. <laughs> But. Yeah, a Soulard's a cool little little spot. They have a lot of blues guys that play down there and yeah. stuff. And uh, Jeremiah Jones and Johnson, Jeremiah Johnson, and some guys they all play around. Killer, killer guitar players. Damn. Um, you know, it's funny. I used to uh, Tony Campanella used to be in a band called the Fly, uh, the Sliders back in the day when I was in a band called Mind Over Soul, and uh, they were the Sliders, and and they were so fucking killer, man. Yeah, we used to. We played a couple shows together. Um, the guitar player John Rudebeck in Mind Over Soul was murdered on Delmar. Oh, um, but him and Tony were really good friends, and so we would, you know, always go see each other's bands playing and hang and stuff. So uh, it's just, you know, the, the the music scene is just it's an amazing thing. Agreed. Uh, when it's when it's when it's popping, it's so cool and it's so good. Um, one one time frame of it was really competitive mm-hmm. and the other couple of times it was really supportive. Right. Um, and the, the competitive one I'm going to say was when I joined Cabo, it was kind of competitive mm-hmm. for a little bit there. And there were a bunch of people who would, you know, Cabo had a different approach to, to music. Like we, our manager, Joe told us, I don't care if you play shows you're not going to get a record deal from a show. You're going to get a record deal from writing good songs. Yeah. So we wrote, we sat and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And we would play two shows a year, maybe. Yeah. You know? Um, so there was, I think there was some bitterness uh, when we got started to get noticed because, you know, we weren't hammering it out like a lot of the bands were mm-hmm. on the scene, but we had a manager who was in the industry. He, he booked sh- festivals. Yeah. And he's, he, he knows he's talking to A&R people and they'd be like, we don't care if they can do a good show because they got to have the song. Right. You know? And so we, we totally went from a different approach. Now, if we were, if, had we been super, super successful after, you know, our first record, then, then, you know, things would be a little bit different for us. But, you know, here in St. Louis, you know, we couldn't sell out the pageant, but you know we play other places. You know we play, let's say uh, we we play uh, uh, 
Wisconsin, Green Bay. Yeah. We'd sell out those venues. It's just weird. Like, we would yep. sell them out in different places, but at our hometown, we'd do okay. Yeah. And people would be like, how is it that you guys don't, but you play other places? And I'm like, I don't <laughs> the scene weird. has just always been so fickle around here. You know, um, you know, you nailed it earlier. Like, there's a lot of people. Um, the recording studio, the guy who runs it around in Sparta over there, uh, you know, he's he's an old old fogey, bluegrass, blues, you know, that kind of music. Yeah. And he claims that most of the music around the area is always metal or hard rock. And I'm like, you're right to an extent. I said, but uh, I said, now that I'm more of a, a solo guy, like I'm seeing more of the other side of it you know, the other artists, but, uh, it's crazy. Cause, uh, the band I told you about earlier called Grimehead, they are strictly originals. Like they, they will not play uh cover shows at all. That's all they want to do, which that's a cool thing. Yeah. But if you're wanting to use, if you're wanting to do nothing but that and make money, it's like, you probably should just so you can earn some, but it just depends, you know? Well, Cavo, we didn't do covers. We didn't, we weren't a cover band. We were an original band. Right. Um, but you know, it was one of those things where we knew, what our long-term goal was right. and we're like you know we all have we have jobs yes so we're not gonna make money from playing clubs around here if yeah. we make money we want to make money on the bigger side of things yes so we're going to invest our time into writing music and creating songs and yeah uh you know and and it worked for us yeah uh, you know? oh, you're right. I mean, COVID actually is what revitalized me. Um, you know, I was able to uh, kind of use social media to my advantage and go live on Facebook and be like, hey, I'm going to do, like, I know I did it like a tribute to Nirvana one day. I was like, we're doing nothing but Nirvana songs. And then I was like, I'm going to show you all the new new songs I'm writing, you know, and stuff like that. And, yeah. And it's helped out. Um, but, I mean, there's still a lot of work to do. I, I definitely agree. Like, you know, sitting down and writing that good song, that's what matters. 100%. We had this guy, his his uh, his name is Rocky Rocky. Um, yeah. You should check him out. Yeah. Um, he did, uh, he, he's, he used to be in bands. Yeah. And now he's doing it solo himself. He writes everything. Hmm. The music is fucking unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, he's going to be playing shows and he's going to, you know, hire guys to play. But But he's writing this stuff himself sitting at a computer he got he has he can play guitar bass he programs drums then he when he records it he has a guy come in and play drums and then he records to those tracks wow so it's just he's a brilliant guy and and uh you know he's just and he's patrick's awesome yeah uh but you know it's just one of those things man it's it's the people who and I'm not trying to offend anyone or I'm not trying to say one way is better than the other. Right. But people who are determined and figure out a way to be, to do what they want to do, because mm -hmm. he wanted to do music, but being in a band, you and I had talked about that earlier, Yep. trying to get people all on the same page available at the same time when you get to be our age where people have families and kids, Yep. Uh, to, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine trying to book a tour with a drummer in Nashville who's, you know, sometimes on the road with Jim Blossoms and other bands, uh, a singer who's got five kids, uh, a guitar player who's in seven bands and has a kid who's in high school as well. You know, it gets difficult right. to try to, to book studio time. I couldn't imagine what it would be like if, you know, we were out there still touring. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely with you. I mean, that's kind of why, um, being a solo, being an actual solo artist now, but when I got signed to that label, like I, 
I went, I think I booked a block of time. I think that's later that summer, I think. Mm-hmm. And I went down there in 2012 to go record, but it was just me and the producer. When I get in there, the producer's like, so uh, you're going to record everything on this? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what about drums? I'm like, I figured you can get me somebody to do it. And he's like, well, I'm a drummer, but how about sample drums? Are you okay with that? <laughs> and it's the first time I heard that word. He goes, he's like, it's okay. Have you heard Finger Eleven's new song? Uh, you know, I can't, Paralyzer. He's like, that's all sample drums. I'm like, get out of here. He's like, yeah. He's like, we can make it sound just like a real guy's back yeah. here. Yeah. And sure thing. I mean, you know, I recorded everything uh, but the drums. And when we got done, I was like, this is killer. Right. You know, good job. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm wanting to do like an EP of just uh, kind of like uh, taking everything a step back and doing everything acoustic. And uh, almost kind of like uh, Bob Dylan's first couple of records. You know, I kind of want everything to just be, if it's going to be a good song, it's going to be a good song with that stuff without effects and everything. Right. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, a good song is a good song. Right. You know, it doesn't. That's kind of my my challenge, my goal to myself to see if like, all right, is the song going to be received well enough without a group, without all the show and bang, you know. But, right. But we'll see. Well, you know, the, uh, it's cool that you're doing your solo thing. Yeah. Uh one of the things that Cabo decided we we're gonna we're we're more of a studio band now. We're not. I mean, we'll play a couple of shows here and there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but touring was. I mean, it's so expensive to tour. People don't understand how right. expensive it is to tour. And uh, so now we we've set ourselves up to just specifically just do studio. Like we're in the process of recording. Uh, we just finished our third EP original, and we started our fourth EP, which is a cover right. of the '90s. And so we all picked four song, a oh, song apiece to record from the '90s. It's cool. And we're in the process of recording that thing, uh, and then we're going to do another original EP, and then another covers EP of the 2000s. Wow. So we just decided. You know, we're just going to continue to do music and we'll yep. release it and we'll be a studio band and we'll play shows because we like to, to actually play in a band together with each oh, other. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, it, and some of our fans are wondering, you know, why we're not touring and stuff. And it, and, and it's just. Well, the market's changed, you know. It's changed so much yeah. that you're, I think you're exactly right. You could just sit at home, release music, you know, so many times a year and you can make money that way. Right. Because really at the end of the day, the fans are really looking at when are you putting out new music? You know, right. I, I was just talking to my wife about that the other day, like, you know, uh, thinking like when we were following Seether pretty hard, heavy, like I noticed that there was a three year gap because they were tour the shit out of a record. Um, but then you wouldn't get a new record for like a long time. Right. Uh, you just you remind me, though, uh, one of the things I'm doing, like on the cover side of things uh, that I noticed um, just to show that like I like to have fun even with covers because cover there's a lot of cover bands in the area where they play the same set every night, the top 40s, whatever. They never switch it up. I'm kind of anal. Like, I want a different set all the time. And so right. I was telling someone the other day, like, I know over, like, 600-something cover songs. And I do that on purpose, so it's variety. Like, you don't know what you're going to hear. Right. But one show I do a year now that I started doing was I asked the one of the local bars around me if they'd be all right if I did a theme show where I would, like, I started out with the 90s. It was all 90s music. And then next uh, last year was 80s. 80s, like I dressed up, I had the, you know, the stripe, the zebra pants, the hair, <laughs> did everything, but it was all acoustic, you know, so it was a different take. And and I told everybody, it's like, you're going to hear songs that nobody even wants to touch acoustic, you know, like Eye of the Tiger acoustic, you know, stuff like that. 
And then this year, uh, we're doing 70s on the 7th, and so in September. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and that'll be cool because, I mean, 70s is one of my favorite genre, uh, you know, decades of music. You know, lots of good stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bands. They And the other thing is, too, with cover bands, everybody wants to play it exactly how it is on the radio. Why not transpose stuff? Why not do it in different keys? And nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Uh, dude, <laughs> you know what? I You have to do it well, though. Yes. Like, um, you're right. There's a couple, like, if you listen to, I don't know if you've listened to any of our Cabo, or any of the covers that Cabo's done. I um, listened to uh, the police one. Uh, you uh, guys Synchronicity, yes. too. Yep. See, we did that one just like it is. Yeah, yeah. We, there, cause, there's cause, nothing wrong with that at well, all. Well, we, yeah. we did that for a reason. Right. Because to me, that was my song pick, yeah. and the police is sacred. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's one of those ones where you can't do this one wrong. But then we did Drive by the Cars, yep. and we did it different. Yeah, uh, I need to check that one out. I yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, a couple of my bands, uh, or a couple of my bands, a couple of bands that I like, I've seen, uh, uh, gosh, I, uh, Nothing But Thieves. You ever heard of those guys? The band Nothing But Thieves? I think so. They do... They've done a cover of I Need a Hero. Mm-hmm. Like, I need a hero. Yep. <laughs> they did it, and it's slow, eerie, yep. and creepy as shit. <laughs> and it was played on the Vikings uh, the Vikings uh, television series. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yep. Talk about taking something, taking a cover and making it your own. Right. Oh, my God. Knocked it out the park, dude. See, um, w- when I'm... So I don't really change them necessarily from like the vibe they have. It's more for like from a singer's point of view, just driving it down to where you can sing it. So you're not straining. Sure. Not. And it's crazy because when you're playing at the, the local bars and whatnot, your average person probably won't even notice, you know, but. Right. Speaking of songs, um, I think we have one of your songs. Let's do it. Can we play one of your songs? Yes, you may. Joe, can we? Can we oh, look at that. Joe's on top of it. Man. sound yeah a little bit that's kind of cool thanks so yeah, was, I, I can it, agree with that were, were they one of your they definitely were one of my major and in, um uh, inspirations you know um uh, my it's funny 
when people ask me what's my favorite band, I tell them, it's like, honestly, I don't know right now because it changes depending on the week. But I'd say the three main bands that shaped uh, my goals or just uh, my likeness, uh, Seether's one of them. Uh, Local H is another one. Local H? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, the fact that two guys can make that sound. And, I mean, every time they're in St. Louis, I'm usually there because they're, they're the shit. Uh, and the other one's Kiss. You know, like, just love the fact that everybody in the band can sing. Everybody can song write. I mean, they just... Even their bad songs were good songs. You know? <laughs> That's what's crazy. <laughs> it's funny. Def Leppard's my favorite band. Uh, my sister got me into Def Leppard as a kid. But yeah, um, they're hands down. I, I started liking rock and roll because of those guys. Right. So, uh, but you know, my favorite bands are, you know, I have so many. I'm like you. For sure. So many yep. bands. But bands that, two bands let me know it was okay for me to play rock music. Because I, I grew up in North County. Yeah. And, uh. It was segregated <laughs> musically. Right. Uh, and then I found out this band called uh, Living Color yep. and this band called Fishbone. Yeah. And they were black guys playing rock music and killing it, you know? And I was like, well, fuck you. Fuck these motherfuckers. You know, I'm going to play yeah. what I want to do. Yep. Uh, and then I got made fun of and I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Because the, the music was... was once I saw that, I was like, nah, that if they can do it, I'm going to do it. Hell and I've, yeah. I've been a musician ever since. But I agree. <laughs> it really shouldn't come down to any of that stuff. If you love it, do it. You yeah. Know? I mean, fuck, look Local H. I mean, the original drummer. I mean, I got to see them on their 25th anniversary at As Good As Dead. They bring out him and the other drummer, and, like, it was a powerhouse. Like, wow. holy shit. But that guy, you know, he's in a similar boat you are. I mean, uh, your band's in like he's married he's got kids and yeah. that's probably why you end up quitting you know i, I mean but, touring is is tough yeah. i mean it, people don't understand like casey poor casey and chris um casey had quads wow. when we signed our deal i remember yeah. uh having to sign our contract at his house because he couldn't leave because <laughs> it was him and his wife he's got uh uh one of his son his oldest son was five or six i think Wow. And then quads that were two months old or something like that. And he's and we got the contract and we were like, let's sign it, let's sign it. He's like, guys, <laughs> I can't. I'm literally here with Bath. I can't leave. And we were like, we're coming to your house, bro. <laughs> we'll sign it there. And he's like, are you guys sure? Or like, I was like, dude, I've been waiting my entire life to sign a record deal. And I'll sign it in a bathroom if I have to, bro. Yep. Let's do this. Uh, but it was a cool. It was a cool deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Do we have a video though? We do. Can we? Can we play the video? You may. Why do you ask me? Of course. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, this.
We won't play the whole song. We want everybody to go to your YouTube channel and watch it. So for sure. Dude, so this was for you said this was for a tiny desk concert uh, contest. Yeah, for NPR Music. When do you know if you won or not? So I have no clue. I, I keep checking the site every day, uh, but last Wednesday was the or sorry, last Tuesday at like midnight was the cutoff. Cutoff. And so uh, they their website just says you know check in who's going to win and. And it's it's kind of like uh, the Battle of the Bands thing on like a huge global scale because they got a panel of eight judges and who knows they're looking for uh, the next best thing but you know they want unsigned talent and you know stuff like that. Right on, that's cool. Yeah, kind of reminds me of a uh, Denver Wade Trent. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. We got to get him in here. Yeah, we do actually. Yeah, it's a good, <laughs> good call. He, he's an, an acoustic uh, yeah. solo artist too. Oh, cool. Uh, that plays, but he's on the Troy side, so like, yeah, he's oh, out yeah. this way, you're out that way. Yep, and he's but, got like an Aaron Lewis vibe to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, speaking of your solo stuff, yeah, um, are you, so you have a new single out? It's it's gonna be coming out this Friday, March first. March first. Yep. What's the name of it? So it's gonna be called Hard as a Mountain. Hard as a Mountain. What's it about? Uh, so it's, it's pretty much, uh, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I was picked on a lot, you know, uh, it made, it caused me to you know, pretty much grow up and, uh, get thick skin real quick later on in life. I didn't realize that I was being taught hard lessons early on. And then later on in life, I remember working with an individual. Matter of fact, it was a guitar player of mine in a band. It was his first job and we worked together and I realized his work ethic was terrible. He would pretend to not know what the fuck he was doing to get out of work. And it drove me nuts. And then one day I remember going to my grandpa telling him, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for everything you did and what you did because I'm not a shit bag. <laughs> <You know? laughs> you know? So along with that, you know, the song is pretty much, you know, about, uh, you know, being hard as a mountain. I mean, just growing that thick skin and shrugging that shit off and just talking about all the stuff I've been through. And, right on. Yeah. And where can people find that? 
So it should be everywhere you can stream music, like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, I almost said Napster, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not there. They're the ones who killed us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the big ones like Pan. I think it's on Pandora as well. Uh, okay. You, you'll be able to even like if you got Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, if you want to post a funny video, you can even sample that and put it on there. Oh, know? that's awesome. So it's, you know. You, hey, now, let me ask you this, because, yeah. you know, the, the funny thing, uh, people don't buy records anymore. We right. know this. Yep. Um, you know, Cavo, we release ours. We're doing EPs now, although we're talking about doing a record next year. Yeah. Uh, doing something we've never done before, which might be cool. Um, but, uh, but we release them like every six weeks or every seven weeks, yep. uh, the songs on it. And then the last song, you, when you get the last song, you've gotten the whole EP only because nowadays, you know, people's, if you release a record in six weeks, they're done with the record. Yep. If you, I, if yeah. you release a single in six weeks, they're done with the single. Guess what? you have another song to release that they didn't get a chance to hear if it's right. good. You know, is that oh, yeah. what you're, are you doing moving forward? Or So my goal is to, uh, depending on how the feedback goes with this, it uh, depends on, I do want like to go to a studio and record a lot of these and see, but uh, at the moment, I mean, I haven't been able to get anybody lined up to do it, but I do, before the year's over, I want an EP out. And so if I have to release singles throughout the year, that's fine. That's what I'm going to do. Gotcha. Because uh, I'm definitely putting this year, I'm definitely focusing more on my original music more than anything. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can always do a whole EP, just release them every six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to gain the same amount of attention, except that that attention lasts for six months for rather sure. than six weeks. I agree. I mean, it's not like, you know, shine down, like who <laughs> I, I say this every time because <laughs> I love shine down. Those guys were, they were amazing. We toured with them. They're super amazing. Yeah guys but they are our Beatles yeah they are our Beatles they have the every record they release since they started has number one hits yes um they grow every record's a little bit different mm -hmm. they don't they're not releasing the same song it's right. you know it's a little different um and and they just I mean 25 years I think of being a band and they're still fucking banging out bangers. Number one hits. Yep. Nobody's doing that. I don't give a shit. No. Nobody's doing what shine down's doing. They are our Beatles. And yeah. you know, some people say what you want. Yeah. You know, secretly there's shine down songs that you listen to when you hear, you're like, Oh, okay. That's a good song. Yeah. They fucking kill it. I love those dudes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, exactly. I mean, they've changed so much from when they first came out to yeah. what they're doing now, but, they're changing to what's going on in the environment, you know? 100%. You have to. I mean, uh, just like I told you earlier, I love Kiss. Kiss did that. I mean, yeah. they knew in the 70s they had everybody with their, their show, and then in the 80s they had to do the, the 80s hair metal thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, and then they kind of changed a little bit more in the 90s, went more heavier, but I mean, yeah. I just think, you know, the consistency of what Shinedown does, yes. it's unheard of. For sure. I mean, they are just killing it, consistently killing it. Mm -hmm. And it's something to awe at. Like I just every time they drop a record, I listen to it and go, "Fuck, these guys <laughs> are so fucking legit." Yep, it's incredible. Oh shit! So I understand you're gonna play a a uh, a track for us live. Yeah. Do you know which song you're gonna do? I think I'm gonna do the single I'm gonna release Friday. Uh huh. I think, I think I'm gonna go ahead and play that for you. Okay. Yep. 
Right on. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> That's killer, man. Yeah. So are you are you nervous about uh the release? Or are you excited? What what are your feelings emotionally? I'm pretty excited. Um mainly cuz like I I decided, you know, last week is when I went through recording recording it and leading up to the 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 NPR music contest thing. And so that kind of got me on the ball of like, let's put this out, let's get it going. And then like I came out with like exclusive merch like the the stickers uh like the sticker I gave you. That's a for the follow up for the single and uh to help promote it, you know. Gotcha. So um so and, and you do realize that the show airs on Wednesday and you don't release till Friday. So we'll be all true. So I don't know do you sure you want to do that? Hmm. It'd be a sneak peek. Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean we could just play half of it if you want and make it like a preview and a teaser or whatever mm-hmm. and do something like that if you want or whatever you want to do. You know what? We'll do a different song then. Okay. We can do Sounds a different good. song. Just make that sure actually you... might make sense yeah. to do that. Okay. Uh, so this other one I got is probably more on the, just to give you an example. Like you noticed a huge difference in songwriting between the the two tracks. Sure. Um, I've kind of changed a little bit more like a folk rock now, which still rock obviously based, but uh, I feel like I have more of a connection out of my music lyrically and everything than, than I did with the other record, which is crazy, you know, cause I thought the other record was, you know, the best thing I've done in a long time. And, uh, but now I feel like as long, I mean, if it's a good song, you know, I think your soul is going to be into it. Sure. Know? And, uh, so I got an, an, another one called, uh, what are you is the name of the song. And it's kind of got the same kind of, uh, alternative vibe as that. Uh, but just acoustic, you know, so. Okay. Hello there. My name is Lucan. I'm going to play you a song I wrote called, what are you? Lost my mind when I left you 
tell me what are you vocalist or uh, vocal guitar player uh-huh. inspire you the most you could think of? Bowie. Yeah? Yeah. David Bowie. I mean, uh, like I said earlier, like I went to school and wanted to be a music teacher and uh, I was classically trained and I just love, uh, you know, as far, he is definitely one of my idols too, but just the songwriting, you know, if you want to pick somebody that changed so much, him, you know, like his, gotcha. His music was all over the place, you know, and uh, it's crazy, you know. How, I, one of my favorite is Sting. Yeah. Uh, but Police is one of my favorite bands. Right. But Sting, you know, when he left Sting, when he left Sting, when he left Sting, no, when he left <laughs> the, the Police right. and he started on that jazz side of things. And I mean, those first three records are so unbelievably amazing. I mean, I listen to oh, them yeah. still to this day like their song their, those are those are records actually all of sting stuff i just put that stuff on the i'll be cleaning the house and that stuff yep. will be playing it's just one of those he's one of those artists that i could just just jam to yeah desert rose was definitely a good one yeah <laughs> can't yeah. stand losing you is probably my all-time favorite can't well, stand losing about, you police yeah, yeah. post police oh, 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 yeah. oh okay <laughs> i it, it, but yeah, what a great band and what a great you know career after that band. I mean, he just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, for sure. Um, Joe, is there anything else you want to? Man, I can't think of anything to add. I want to. I want to hear this song. Is what I want to hear. Joe, <laughs> the voice behind Audio Inc. <laughs> I have a face. I've had a face on here a couple of. Yeah, he doesn't like to show his face. Yeah, <laughs> he's too pretty. It's not necessary. He's too yeah. pretty. Yeah, he's too nobody pretty. needs to see all this prettiness. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everyone knows, that wasn't my call. I'm not, you know, insecure about it. What do you mean? That they were looking at you and not me. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, that was one of his demands in the contract that we signed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. we cannot show your face. You can't upstage me. So, yeah, there you have it. Well, Luke, and where can people find you? So, um, there is a, I have a link tree, but I'm on Facebook. The link tree takes you to a website. It's got all the social media on there, but I'm on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and a whole bunch more. I mean, so anywhere you can find music, you can probably find me on there. Right on. 
and and I go by just Lucan, you know, so you can just type in uh, my name and you should be able to find me because there really isn't anybody else with that name. So. so it looks like on YouTube you're Mr. Tooch. I am Mr. Tooch on there. That's right. my username. But well, that yeah, that's how yeah. if you go to <laughs> youtube.com slash at symbol, that's Mr. Tooch. 89, you'll go straight to I probably page. should change that. But, yeah, <laughs> once you get to the page, it does say Lucan on there. <laughs> well, right on. Well, we appreciate you coming in, and I'm excited. Thank you for coming in and playing, um, you know, uh, live. Like, we're trying to get incorporate that more so in this show. Yeah. So we're going to have more artists come in and, and play live for us. So thanks for doing that. That's no gonna, problem. That's I'm awesome. excited. Yeah, man. Uh, all right, Joe. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, that's all we got, huh? I'm guessing so. I'm guessing so. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Please, please go out there and listen to this new single coming out. It's going to be amazing, and it drops on the first. Hard as a mountain. Yeah. That's going to be great, man. I, I hope wish so. you so much success on that one, and I'll check it out. We'll listen to it. Well, thank you. And we'll much. put links to it and everything on the pod so people will be able to find it if they listen to us here. Awesome. All right. Thanks, man. Awesome. Well, this is the Audio Inc. Podcast. Please follow us, share. And uh, for all of our Audio Inc. family, please continue to listen. And we'll see you soon.